Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, if you want to try out an electric car, Hertz and GM are teaming up to add them to the fleet. Plus, free Wi-Fi is coming to Delta Airlines. We have details next. Hurricane Ian ravaged Florida and parts of the East Coast this week. We know we're going to share tips for traveling during hurricane season in our Smarter Traveler segment coming up at 320. And it's possible, just possible, we'll have a special live guest all the way from Ireland sometime this hour. The government says airline seats are so tiny they're not only uncomfortable, absolutely true, we didn't really need the government to tell us that, but they may not be safe in an emergency. The airlines say, um, well, excuse me, pass the salt. Isn't it warm out today? Wonder what the price of tomatoes is. We'll discuss airline seating at 3.35. Anthony Bourdain was a talented man who met a tragic ending, a new book detailing his life. Uh, is out, and we'll be talking a little bit about it and his journey at 3.50. An hour from now, you'll be a smarter traveler, all because you found the Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again I've got two tickets for To Alaska I go north to Russia's own Yes, sir, my friends, a little after five, about five, excuse me, a little after three, five after, and that must mean it's time for another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys here on KFBK, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Thanks for coming along. And if you hear the roar of jet engines from time to time, both Mark and I (laughs) are situated and kind of like uh, right near the airstrip here, and so the planes have a tendency to to buzz right by, and boy, they can be loud. I was out there Friday, Mark, and uh-huh. my hearing still isn't quite right. We, I would uh, say I we're, a, we're at an extension of the runway here. I think we're on approach. So. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> these, uh, these guys are the roof rattles every time they, they go over. There was a, a propeller job yesterday morning that I thought for sure was going to land in the parking lot. Well, all right. Uh, I got a chance to get out Friday. Seems like pretty regularly the Travel Guys show is on the air on Sundays during the peak of the show. So we either have to make it out on a Saturday or this year they added a little Friday afternoon evening thing. And, and that was kind of fun. We got to, to drive out onto the uh, parking lot near the tarmac there in your car yeah. and, uh, you, you know, pull out your lawn chair and People set up their little personal tailgate parties, minus the alcohol and barbecue, and uh, enjoyed it. You like so, big, big, fast planes. Why, this is your thing. <laughs> you got that right. Anyway, what's new with you in sports leisure, my friend? Not a whole lot. I'm uh, still, you know, a little bit on the mend here, so I'm just hanging around and getting, you know, doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff that has to be done when trips go on the road. I get to take some folks down to Santa Barbara in a couple of weeks. And uh, have a scouting trip to New York City and uh, another one down to Palm Springs. And then we have a Christmas mystery tour. So I'm, I'm about to get back on the road again. Not quite, 
but just about. Haven't been released from the garage yet, but as soon as the tune-up is over, why, we'll be ready to go. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. And as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, uh, Clayton's in Ireland and uh, will be hooking up with us sometime within the hour. So stick around for that. That will be a lot of fun. At the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the travel news, the latest, here's Mark. We mentioned in the headlines, this is actually, we, we give Hertz uh, more than a rash of crap on occasion on this program, most of which they deserve, along with the other car rental agencies. But here's something kind of cool. Um, Hertz and GM have announced that they're teaming up to order some electric vehicles, uh, 175,000 Chevys, Buicks, GMC, Cadillac, and Bright Top drop electric vehicles over the next five years. Hertz and, and GM said the plan is the largest expansion of electric vehicles among fleet customers. Includes all types of vehicles from compacts to midsize SUVs and pickups, luxury vehicles, and more. I think this is more than genius on part of the car rental companies and the automobile manufacturers because what a great way to get people to try out the cars. Uh, are you uh, in line? Would you Would you do that? I absolutely would. I absolutely would because I figure my next car is going to be at minimum a hybrid um, or an elect- or an all-electric vehicle, and I absolutely would, would love to try one out. I would pay a premium price to be able to drive one of those vehicles and be able to, to try it because I would feel that there was value in that for me. I know this is a little ahead of the game, but, uh, you know, it, when you rent an automobile, generally speaking, uh, you got to top it off with fuel when you return it. Uh, do you think there's going to be a top off the electric oh, with electricity wow. before you return the car? How? What a great question that is. Um, I, 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 how would you, uh, you would just charge the thing overnight. I mean, it, it, obviously the electricity costs something. Um, I, that's that's a really good question, Tom. I will we'll have to we'll have to watch for the answer <laughs> for that. I, that. I, yeah, I don't. I'm you've 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 stumped the travel guy here because I'm not sure <laughs> how that work would work. However, however, I am certain that the rental car agencies would not miss an opportunity to create a fee or a profit or something that gouges people somewhere, particularly if these vehicles are popular. So just stand by, and we'll we'll let you know what that fee is before too long. Sure. Find out which eye they're going to poke you Ex- in. All right. Exactly, if not both. Um, here's a few little international announcements for you. Um, Canada has officially lifted all the coronavirus-related travel restrictions um, as of October the 1st. So now you don't have to fill out that, as we talked about last week, they had already dropped some, but now they're basically all gone, so you can get in and out of Canada without um, risk of being randomly selected for testing or having to provide a whole bunch of information. That, of course, is subject to change, but for right now, good news for folks traveling to Canada. Oktoberfest is back in Germany after a two-year absence because of the uh, corona pandemic. It will uh, end tomorrow. So um, in uh, in Munich, Germany. So if you didn't go, it's a little bit late to go this year, but you can go next year. Uh, I heard from some of my buddies yesterday where we were we had a, one of our little poker games yesterday, and I heard from a couple of my buddies. One of them got to Burning Man this year, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, said it was uh, 
a lot of fun, a little, little calmer than it had been in the past, but he said give it a year for people to get back up to snuff. Um, travel advisories. Some key travel advisories were announced in September for all over the planet, about a dozen of them. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find a link to a list of all of them there. So if you are traveling internationally um, or know somebody who is and you want to make sure that uh, – there are no restrictions. Remember, COVID isn't the only thing that causes travel restrictions in countries. So there are right. disease outbreaks and, and various issues, weather and things like that. I mean, let's face it. If you were planning on flying internationally into Florida this coming week, um, you, you might need to be updated on what's going on there because some places are not fly intoable at this point. Uh, places mm-hmm. like Fort Myers and, and, and the like. And if you want to go to the Disney parks, I don't know if they reopened today. They had planned to reopen yesterday, but it didn't happen. So yeah, they, I think maybe they they went today. You, you know the disappointing part, part uh, that I heard about uh, Disney World, and uh, you know, you don't quote me, but I I do believe the information I heard was was accurate. Was that there was no refunds for people that had booked because you have to book and pay ahead of time. Uh-huh. Now with Disney, uh, your your tickets are for specific days, and if yours fell during the hurricane thing when they were closed. Sorry, no refund. Uh, I think we'll, 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 well. Let me let me let me take let me check into that because that would be that would seem like that would seem very undisney like. So we'll let me let me thanks thanks for the tip there. I'll I'll yeah, yeah I'll stick my nose into that and see if we can find yeah, out. Right. And anybody listening got any info on that? Go to travelguysradio.com, Leave us a note. Leave us a note. Um, two passenger cl- planes collided on the runway at London Heathrow on uh, Thursday night. It was an Iceland Air and a Korean airplane. Uh, one's wing flap hit the other guy's tail rudder. Uh, no damage to either plane. Uh, didn't cause the airport to have to close or anything like that. But imagine that. I, I, that's about the only thing that hasn't happened to me on an airplane. We've had the door not be able to open. Uh, so we had to go out the back. Um, we had the, we've, I've had the gate, you know, the, the thing won't move up to the door for the, for the plane. I mean, just about anything that you can imagine. But I, I, I can only imagine running into another plane. On the tarmac. All right, more airline news here. United follows through on a threat and has has dropped service to JFK Airport. They've had to share gates there for a long time, and they got tired of it. And uh, American and JetBlue have dominated a lot of the gates there at uh, JFK for a while, so United is pulling out. They have, of course, a hub at Newark, which is about eh, 30 miles away or four hours if you were driving. And, uh, uh, and of course, there's LaGuardia. It kind of forms a triangle of New York airports there in the greater New York area. But uh, United Airlines is not going to fly into JFK anymore. Okay, shifting over to trains. Amtrak is having a fall sale. Uh, let's see here. But it's ending on October the 4th, 25% off on Amtrak's fall sales. If you're thinking about going on the train somewhere sometime this fall, go to Amtrak.com. Take a look at the fares there. You can save a little money for a couple, three more days. Google is adding new search options for train travel. Uh, Google users can now review train schedules and prices for international destinations by searching an origin and destination city in select countries around the world. So for those of you who love to dream and plan your own travel, Google is adding the ability for you to be able to plan your own train trips now, to look at train schedules and all that jazz. As we mentioned in the headlines, Delta Airlines is announcing free Wi-Fi soon. Now, take a deep breath. This doesn't include the non-mainline planes. 
So the 70 and 90 seaters, a lot of those are Delta planes that Delta flies up to uh, Seattle from Sacramento. Um, those are not included in this. That's just the full-size mainline aircraft, which would be like the airplanes that Delta flies to Atlanta and uh, probably some of the Salt Lake City flights will qualify. But uh, airline Wi-Fi has come a long way. And uh, so we are we are about to see the first free Wi-Fi coming up. Wow! Very very well, uh, soon. The, yeah, though the eight dollars that you had to pay for the Wi-Fi that doesn't work work crap. Yep. So now you get you get the crap for free. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they say, boy, am I excited about that? It's a better signal, Thomas. So you know, don't be too persnickety oh, okay, quite till you get signal. on. They said it's a better signal. It's much improved. Oh. All right. And one one last thing here in the news doesn't have a damn thing to do with travel except that I'm planning a trip there next fall to Plains, Georgia, to his hometown. Uh, former President Jimmy Carter celebrated his 98th birthday uh, yesterday. His wife, Rosalind, is 95. So uh, happy birthday to a former president who has conducted himself as well as any man that I can recall has ever been president. You probably already know this because you're a Jimmy Carter fan. The other day I was I looked up uh I was looking up something having to do with uh with clothespins. Mm-hmm. And uh Jimmy Carter is co-owner of a company out of Japan that that, that owns most of the clothespins. So there. <laughs> I'm All sorry. right, and that is your travel news for today. Uh, all right. Uh, we don't get this opportunity uh, very often, and that is to uh, speak with somebody live by telephone, cell phone, I might add, all the way from Ireland. Clayton, welcome, my friend, to uh, to the show. Uh, how, how is it in Ireland today? Well, a top of the morning to you both, uh, though I guess that's a little bit inappropriate because, what, it's afternoon there and it's the middle of the night here. But it was a good morning. <laughs> yeah, what 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 time is it there? Uh, it's about eleven twenty, so arguably not the middle of the night. But <laughs> I was already in bed. <laughs> well, uh, nice of you. To, ni- nice of you to take a few minutes to talk to us. This is your first international trip, Clayton, um, off of the continent, if I'm correct, since COVID. Um, tell yeah, us, since tell us, two thousand nineteen. Your thoughts, your observations, uh, anything that we should know? Um, I would say no. Everything seems strangely normal over here. Um, I guess the remains of COVID are still around. There's a lot of hand sanitizing stations. There are still stickers on the floor that remind you to keep six feet of distance, which everybody pretty much ignores and just walks over. Um Based on the pubs and the nightclubs and just the the activities I've witnessed uh, uh, moving around uh, Northern Ireland, actually, is where I am, uh, it pretty much seems life is normal. Clayton, the, Ireland has always been very popular with our travelers. It's one of your favorite destinations. What is it, do you think, that makes Ireland so attractive to people who, who live on the west coast of the United States. Why is it that so many people put Ireland on the top of their wish list? Well, I think it's a lot of things. Uh, one is certainly heritage. Uh, so many Americans have, uh, you know, uh, genealogical lines that link them uh, with Ireland and, and, and the, uh, the countries that make up the United Kingdom. So uh, I think that's a big part of it, especially nowadays with everyone getting their, their DNA analyzed. Um, also, it's 
you know, by European standards, it's a little bit easier to get to. It's an hour or more closer to us. Um, there's great air connections uh, from the U.S. to the various gateways here in Ireland. And um, there's no language barrier, which is a huge thing. Um, you know, there, there are the, the certain colloquialisms, I guess, that you have to get used to, like a chip is a French fry here and a biscuit is a cookie. But, you know, those are things that are pretty easy to get used to and uh, have a little fun with. So uh, I, I just think it's, it's, it's an easy country to visit. Uh, the hospitality is great. No one in Ireland knows a stranger. Uh, so you, you, you definitely come away with a lot of happy memories and a lot of new friendships. We're talking with Clayton Whitehead this afternoon on the Travel Guys. Clayton is joining us live from Northern Ireland, where he's leading a group of sports leisure travelers on an adventure. Uh, Clayton, you're about, what, midway through your, your, your journey now? Tell us if you, you know, anything that's kind of stood out or something that you're looking forward to. Give us something that folks who are listening to us on the radio who are not with you might want to add to their itinerary next time that they're in Ireland. Well, something I've really been focusing on over these last four days uh, as we've been traveling through Belfast and Londonderry, uh, which are two of the primary cities in Northern Ireland, is that as recently as 10 years ago, you couldn't sell a tour to Northern Ireland. And 20 years ago, you wouldn't have come here for all the, the tea in China. I mean, this was a place that, uh, uh, that was uh, rifled with terrorism. Uh, the IRA was a major power. There was so much political and religious unrest here. And uh, though I don't think necessarily all their problems are resolved, um, you know, now it's, it's a very popular destination. Uh, there's certainly no fighting anymore. Uh, they've been able to put a, a handle on the terrorism. Uh, so they've been able to resolve some of the problems, I suppose. But um, now this, this, uh, particular piece of the United Kingdom, this uh, little northeast chunk of uh, of the Isle of Ireland, is a very very popular destination uh, with Americans and Europeans alike, and uh, and and it shares all the attributes uh, of its southern uh, counterpart, the Republic of Ireland. Uh, you know the same language. It's just easy and it's fun. The food is great. Uh, no longer is fish and chips the only thing you eat when you come over here. Uh, they've really uh, done a lot of advancements in, in culinary. So um, the food is something you really look forward to. And, of course, there's all the pubs and all the incredible beer. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, that, that's another part of the fun over here is, is going to the pubs and enjoying brews that you haven't had before and, and just being a part of all of that. You know, that's what I was going to ask you about, uh, is the sights and sounds and smells of Ireland. Uh, what have you uh, taken in uh, with, uh, with your travelers so far? Well, we, Besides uh, just, fish and chips and beer. The weekend, what's that? Besides fish and chips and beer. Oh, yeah. We're just completing a weekend. We've been in Londonderry, which is a, a one of the larger cities. Uh, we're staying right in the heart of downtown. Uh, so, you know, last night especially, we had to make our circuit of some of the pubs. We heard some great Irish music, just great bands in general. The musical scene is very strong here. Um, and, uh, you know, sing-alongs and I don't know. It, it, when you see an Irish pub on TV or in a movie and everyone is having a really, really, really good time, well, mm -hmm. that's not Hollywood. That's exactly how it is in real life. 
And we definitely experienced that uh, on Friday night in Belfast and then Saturday night here in Londonderry. Uh, the food's been great. I'll even confess I've already had fish and chips probably three times. But all three times they were really, really great. Hey, it's like going to, to Key West. You know, you have to have key lime pie every time you get a chance. We're running out of time here. Clayton, is there something on your itinerary that you haven't done yet that you're really looking forward to? Well, uh, oh, my gosh, that's a big question. We're, go- we're off to Galway tomorrow, so we'll be going back to the Republic, or the South, as they call it up here. And uh, Galway is a great town. It's center uh, west coast of Ireland. It's as far away from Dublin as you can get, and I don't say that to mean anything bad. It's just that... When you're in Galway, everything is completely Irish. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, perhaps some more pubs, some more singing, some great <laughs> food, and then the uh, the beautiful scenery on the West Coast, which includes the Cliffs of Moher and uh, the, uh, 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 the Ring of Derry and just, just some of the iconic sites uh, that are such a part of a, a drive through Ireland. Clayton, thank you for taking some time late at night uh, in Ireland to call us. It sounds like you are right next door. What an amazing uh, phone connection. So, uh, But thank you for your time. Uh, good luck with the rest of your travels. We'll see you back in Sacramento soon. Thanks, Mark and Tom. Take care. Outstanding, outstanding. Thank you, Clayton. My, uh, my son-in-law, uh, last name Turner, he's uh, Irish, somewhat Irish descent and... Uh, there's been more than once that he's uh, threatened to try to pack up, and he's got his passport all updated. And, uh, <laughs> he'd love to, he'd love to move to Ireland. It is a truly beautiful country. Clayton just loves traveling in Ireland. Um, the folks who go with him always have a good time because even if they don't have a good time, they have a good time. Uh, zippers, by the way. <laughs> I'm stuck on that. Yeah, can you imagine? We, I always thought he was a peanut farmer. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, you yes, know, which, which which proves to you that you don't have to be in you know any big famous business to be, you know, to make money. Nine, he's lived to be ninety eight years old. Can you can you imagine? And his wife is ninety five. I mean, so uh, and 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 you know, politicians. I mean, it, it doesn't matter which party you're from. Really, at the end of the day, sometimes we're just happy that they go home and we don't hear from them again. Um, Jimmy Carter was a man who whose presidency was, you know, that was a whole Iran hostage thing and everything. And so that that didn't go well for him particularly. And he was a really nice man. And maybe he needed, I don't know, maybe needed a little be a little tougher. That was a long time ago. But I just know that after he got done being president, um, I was really proud that he was someone who represented our country. And he did a lot of wonderful things. And if you go down to Plains, Georgia, I had an opportunity to take some folks there a couple of years ago, and I hope to take another group next fall. And you go down to Plains, and that little town is just, it is, it is so perfect. Um, it is the most perfect little town. It's, it's Jimmy Carter's kingdom um, with a sidebar to his brother, Billy Carter. Remember he had the beer and oh, all yeah. that, yeah, and he was he was the, the rabble rouser in the family. He was always making the trouble. So there's, it, it's all there in that little town. And in about three or four hours, you can kind of absorb a little bit of Jimmy Carter. So if you ever, if you are a fan of that man and you get the opportunity, particularly while he is still alive, um, to go and visit Plains, I would, would strongly recommend a visit there. It won't take very long. It's not a big town. But uh, you can you can you can absorb it all in a few hours. Anyways, something kind of kind of neat. We promised people uh, in our smarter traveler segment before we were rudely interrupted by a live guest from Northern Ireland um, that we were going to tell folks about uh, a traveling during hurricane season. Tom, it's always amazed me 
that people from the West Coast think nothing of traveling to the eastern part of the country, particularly the southeast, um, in the summer or the early fall. They don't even consider the fact that it might be hurricane season. The 1st of September, frankly, is peak hurricane season, give or take a few days on the scientific calendar. But the season is from from 1st of June till the end of November. So basically you're looking about the 1st of September is mid-season. So if you're traveling to the southeast, August, September, October, uh, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to run into at least the remnants of a hurricane. And so this turned out to be more than remnants of a hurricane. And I thought that, you know, people from the from the East Coast, they always talk about, well, I don't want to go to the West Coast because they have earthquakes there. Well, of course, earthquakes are not necessarily a good thing. But there's one thing about earthquakes. You're rarely warned that they're coming. So they just sort of happen. And then you have to deal with it. Something like a hurricane, um, these folks know that they're more likely to happen at certain times of the year. And Oftentimes, you have a two or three days warning. Now, and it helped really the people in Fort Myers who thought when they went to bed at night, the hurricane was going to Tampa, but then woke up in the morning and it was on top of them. Um, I might suggest that next time, don't give the weatherman quite as much credit um, and be a little more prepared. But anyway, here are some things that if you are traveling during hurricane season that you might want to consider if you are going to an area that is hurricane prone. First thing is pack wisely. You might want to bring a few extra things. It's entirely possible you could get delayed a day. Doesn't necessarily mean there was a hurricane in your area, but hurricane will impact air traffic dramatically. It might impact the airplane that you were scheduled to be on. So you might be stuck someplace an extra day or two, depending on how close you are to the hurricane region itself. So take yourself an extra change of clothes. Also, it isn't a bad idea if you're traveling to that area. It isn't a bad idea anytime. But if you're traveling to that area, I recommend that you have flashlights and batteries. And also, I would suggest to you that you have a couple of fuel cells for your phone and or your computer that you can charge up ahead of time so that if you get into a situation where there's no charging available to you, you've got an extra emergency three- or four-hour charge that you're carrying with you if you need to be able to access your telephone, your computer, etc. So those are always a good thing. Enable alerts. If you're traveling into an area that's prone to hurricanes or any other type of natural uh, weather situation, um, you should pay attention to local radio, TV, news websites, keep track of emergency announcements, make sure that anything that can be enabled on your phone is enabled so that you can be contacted in case one of those emergency situations comes up. Um, don't incubate yourself. Make sure that you're listening for emergency warnings. You've got a radio on if you're driving around in your car, and maybe instead of listening to Sirius Satellite Radio, that you're listening to a news station like KFBK, so that maybe you can find out what's going on as it's going on. Plan an exit strategy. If you're going someplace that where you know that there's a possibility that you might run into weather or some other type of, of situation. Consider, like Key West. Like Key West, exactly. If Key West ever takes a hurricane hit, it'll be all over. Um, you've probably heard me say before, the highest spot on, on ground on Key West is, is 40 feet above ground, and that's the, the uh, landfill. Um, so there'll be garbage everywhere. Um, anyways, uh, plan an exit strategy. So if you... Uh, Keep in mind that hotels will likely be booked along evacuation routes. So if you're thinking about leaving someplace by automobile and not by airplane, and you're thinking, well, I'll go 200 miles and sit it out, somebody else may have already had that idea. 
So either have that idea a few days ahead of time or plan that you may have to go a little bit further, especially if your escape is by automobile. And prepare for the aftermath. Hurricanes are not just one-day events. I was reading about somebody who thought they were going to Disney World uh, in Orlando on Friday because Disney had said they were going to open on Friday. Or they thought Tuesday or Wednesday they would be open by Friday. It didn't happen, and the guy was really upset. And it's like, dude, these people just experienced a hurricane. A lot of people are dead uh, or have lost uh, immeasurable amounts of of property and and all kinds of things. And uh, you're worried about a ticket into a a theme park. So um, if you're headed for someplace where you've you've got a special event or something like that, you want to make sure that that event is still going on. Now, one thing that is likely to still happen, if you are scheduled for a cruise to go someplace – it's a pretty good chance that that cruise will still go. It might go a day or two late. So um, this gets into kind of a, a sketchy situation, and this is one of the reasons that you probably want to have travel insurance. Um, if your trip is, is scheduled to leave on Wednesday and you're getting in on Tuesday, and that's when the hurricane is hitting, um, by the hurricane may be all gone by Wednesday night, and the ship might sail. And now how did you get there? So um, read those cruise contracts carefully. For things called force majeure, you know, you can't you can't reasonably get there. But know that in some strange situations, some cruises still actually happen or may happen from a nearby port. Your ship, your cruise company may take pity on you and allow you a little bit of 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 sympathy because you couldn't get there. But that's where travel insurance comes in. So you really want to consider the possibility that um, travel insurance for something where you, you have to go someplace to position for a cruise or a tour or, or a vacation that are specific times and you're not just freelancing it and you're pushing your luck by going to the southeast during August, September, or October, then you really want to take a look at getting some protection. Uh, really and truly. Okay, one other thing here before we take a break, Tom. Um, I want to talk about uh, airline seating. It seems as though the federal government, um, thanks to our DOT secretary, they're they're starting to press the airlines a little little more than the airlines are used to getting pressed uh, about a number of things. Now they're after them about seat sizes. A survey has come out that shows that um, when good, healthy people get off of an airplane that has economy plus seating where some people have extra leg room and all that kind of stuff and people are dimension good healthy people as opposed to people who have been sitting for three hours and their legs may not work real well for them and they're in a seat with 27 inch pitch instead of between the seats instead of 34 or 35 um, and that this might not be the safest arrangement and are starting to call some attention to that and as I kind of said in the headlines at the beginning of the program you ask the airlines what they think about seat uh, you know, about all of this, and they say, gee, you know, isn't the weather good today, or how are your tomato plants doing? <laughs> distract you, distract yeah, you, something yeah. else. They don't want to talk about it. So um, as the seats have gotten smaller and Americans have gotten bigger and they've gotten closer together, so there's some concern now as to what the safety situation is, never mind the comfort. Um, the airlines are saying, well, you know, people pay, buy what they want. You know, they, they pay if they want to be crammed in there and pay a little less money. That's what they get. They don't want to be crammed in, pay a little more money. They can afford to go first class. Great for them. But I'm going to suggest to you that um, we may be on the verge of finding out here that some of this cramming people into 27-inch seat pitch like Spirit and Allegiant and some of those folks have done, if there's ever a crash, some of those people are not going to get out, whereas they would have gotten out if the, if the seats hadn't been so close together. So this is something to keep an eye on. 
um, especially if you're a consumer advocate sort of person, like uh, we'll keep in touch with our buddy Christopher Elliott. Um, there are uh, – ASTA has weighed in and said that they are sharing the concern of the Department of Transportation's proposal for airline ticket transparency. They want all of these – Fees and stuff so that Spirit and Allegiant and Frontier can't sell you a ticket and then add all this crap on after you've picked out your seat and you're ready to go, that they have to post all that stuff. That Like a ticket with an overhead item and one checked bag and some standard things, and this is what it's going to cost to this destination so that before you have to go through all that rigmarole. So I would say uh, I've said this before on a program. Sometimes you see the airlines get a lot of – pushback and nothing ever happens but i got a feeling this time we might squeeze something out of this so maybe we'll see the airlines being a, a little bit more transparent or uh maybe we'll 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 see a, a minimum seat something like that but i i get a feeling that something good might happen for consumers here somewhere along the way you know uh i think everybody can relate to this you're on a flight for two three four hours and when the plane lands and it's time to get off the plane, you you got to go through a routine to kind of loosen up a little bit and get ready to get up and get your bag and get out. And, and it's not something you just, just jump up and do. Well, if there's an emergency, you don't have, you know, you got to jump up and go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks, and I'm one of them, that, that doesn't happen uh, after a long flight in a really, really skinny seat. I, question for you, Mark, the arms on the... In the, in the seats on the plane, uh, you can lift them up in the uh, if you're in the middle. You can the one on the right if you're on the aisle. Right. Do you know how to lift that uh, that that armrest that is closest to the aisle? I do, I do. But you know, that's because I've had a lot of experience with armrests on buses and things like that over the years. I would venture to guess that not ten or fifteen percent of the people have any idea how to do it. Agreed. And, you know, and that that is uh, something you should learn to do because it does make for more of an expedient exit uh, from from that aisle seat uh, for yourself. If you learn how to reach back to the far back underneath, lift that little lever and up it comes. And now you got a clear shot to the aisle. And anyway. the other, yeah. And the other thing you got to know is that when someone says emergency, get off the plane right now, that does not mean get into the overhead and get out your bag or grab the one from under your chair and take it with you. I mean, if you've got your wallet in your pocket, um, ladies, you know, grab your, your, your pocketbook or, or your, your the wallet that's inside it with your ID and go. Um, it's, it's not – heaven forbid you would be stuck behind somebody because they were trying to get their overhead bag out of the uh, – you know, I mean, those are things that can be, can be replaced. So we're fortunate in that airlines are incredibly safe. And the people who operate them, my father was an air traffic controller for his career, and I spent, as a, a young man, uh, some time in, in control towers. That was before women were pilots or were in control towers, so the language was not anything you would be too proud of. <laughs> but um, but I can just tell you that you know, the system is really designed to be safe. And um, so anything that compromises the safety of the system, I'm really not in favor of. So um, you've got to be able to get off those airplanes. Someday a bunch of people are going to have to get off of one in a really short time, and it might mean the difference between life and death. So it's so when they give those little safety speeches, I always pay a little bit of attention, and I always look around and see where the door is. And, you know, and I always look up to see that, yeah, okay, that's where that thing is that's going to fall down in front of me and uh, because someday I'm going to need it. I mean, I was on a plane once where the masks fell down 
Fortunately, we, you know, two minutes later, they said, hey, you know, we thought we might need him, but we're not going to. Everything's fine now. But uh, I, 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 that was a dress rehearsal, so I'm, I'm ready to go for the next time. We Listen, uh, before we uh, – we're going to take a break here. Um, Anthony Bourdain, I thought, was like one of the most fascinating people on the planet. Um, unfortunately, his life ended tragically and early, but there's a great new book out, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Did you, have a, uh, did you ever watch his program on the air? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a man. Yeah. Uh, have you read the book? I have not, but I'm I'm getting it. I've I've ordered it on on Amazon, so it should be here the first part of next week. You know, Thomas, a couple little news items here before we get to to the Anthony Bourdain book. Travel uh, advisors, our friend Gwen Duncan is one of those at Cordially Yours Travel, are reporting across the country that uh, 2022 sales rec- uh, 2022 sales are breaking records. That in many cases, many agencies have already surpassed sales for the last full pre-COVID year. Of 2019, some say that's because a lot of those sales took place towards the end of the year last year when people were anticipating the opportunity to be able to travel this summer. But indeed, uh, what many agencies are reporting is that um, the typical traveler, the the working person in their 40s or 50s, uh, indeed took more than one vacation this year and is likely to try to take something for the holidays. If you are traveling for the holidays and you were thinking about Thanksgiving, I have really bad news for you. Unless you're going from Poughkeepsie to, to Dubuque, um, you're probably going to get just absolutely goosed. The, the fares have already gone up pretty dramatically, and you're now six weeks beforehand. So if you can find a good fare, jump all over it or hold it or whatever. But uh, if you're thinking about Christmas, now is really the time to think. And uh, if you don't have to be there for the holidays and you've got flexibility in your work, early December or early January will be a much better time to get a decent airfare. But uh, anyways, and uh, the airlines are saying that they're going to be net zero in emissions by 2050, um, which is really a cool thing, except that they will need sustainable aviation fuel, which is like uh, uh, replacing kerosene-based jet fuel with cleaner burning fuel like – like fuel that we use, oil that we use for cooking and stuff and things like that. There's going to be a shortage of that within a few years. So whether the airlines can meet their goal or not is anybody's guess. So a couple of uh, of news items there that didn't make it in the front part of the program. We, uh, you, you said Tom that you were a, f- a fan of Anthony Bourdain. Absolutely. I thought that he was one of the most fascinating television personalities. That you could always tell, I felt like there was something about him that wasn't quite all there. That wasn't quite, but that was what made him such a fascinating person and such a great traveler. And uh, there is a new well, book out. He, Go ahead. He had his own his own quirkiness. And yeah, it showed. yeah. It was it was a different sort of. It was like an international traveler quirkiness. Mm-hmm. He was able to go all these places and and connect with all of these people. In ways that, when we watched it on television, kind of seemed connectable to us. It seemed like you could probably go there and do that same thing. And if you couldn't, it wasn't a bad thing because Anthony had already been there and you'd already seen it. So I I always really enjoyed um, his program. Now there is an unauthorized Anthony Bourdain biography, which has become a little bit controversial. And unlike many controversial biographies that are exposing some really dark side of someone. This is a man who really has kind of exposed his dark side already. Mm-hmm. And um, it's called Down and Out in Paradise, The Life of Anthony Bourdain, 
Um, the author t- says he draws from more than 80 interviews along with files, texts, and emails from Bourdain's phone and laptop to portray the first book to tell the true and full Bourdain story. He says, quote, if I've written an unauthorized biography, I've also written a sympathetic one, and I've written one I think that is true to the man. Down and Out in Paradise, The Life of Anthony Bourdain. My copy is on the way. Um, It talks about his life from childhood to becoming an international TV sensation. Um, And and, and the author told... uh, told folks that that Bourdain's last days were really a microcosm of his life. He was working around the clock, eating gourmet food, drinking heavily, struggling with addiction and depression. Um, The author said, I think in his last days, quote, he worked himself into a state of exquisite misery, Um, which a description which seems to fit him perfectly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's get this book. I'm going to try to get the author and see if we can get him on the program um, to talk with us. I don't know if that that will be possible or not, but we'll take a shot at it. But if you were an Anthony Bourdain fan, I'm going to suggest you this looks like it might be something that would be um, worth reading. The name of the book, again, is Down and Out in Paradise, The Life of Anthony Bourdain. And uh, I'll get my copy and let you know a little bit about it next week. That kind of wraps it about up uh, for today from Anthony Bourdain to Northern Ireland and uh, free Wi-Fi on the airplane, maybe, at least if you fly Delta pretty soon. <laughs> you were talking earlier about uh, we we're talking about getting on and off planes and so forth. On my last uh, trip home from San Antonio, we were getting ready to uh, disembark, and there was a guy who didn't have much uh, carry-on, whatever, and he was just trying to crowd to the front and get off the plane. But we were way beyond near the back of the plane, you know, beyond uh, uh, where the emergency exit was. And uh, people were kind of giving him the eye, and a couple of people made some remarks. You know, you got to wait for people to get their luggage out of the overhead. You just can't just... And he goes, oh, I'm really sorry. He says, I've never done this before. I'm, I'm new. I've never flown before. I, I had no idea. I just thought I could just get up and get wow. off the plane. So, <laughs> so sorry. So for those of you that haven't flown yet, yeah, you can't just get up and, and get off. But, you know, people were sympathetic to even his situation where he didn't know what he was doing. So, yeah. you know, he was a little embarrassed. But anyway, there you go. Well, we're wrapping it up. Another Travel Guys, my friends. We'll be back next Sunday, and we'll uh, do it all again here to make you a smarter traveler. Yeah, we may even have something to make you laugh uh, along next, along the way next Sunday. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. We'll see you next time here on The Travel Guys. Always leaving town.